sighed as he looked down at that strange, wonderful, frightening belly of hers. My father always said there's nothing more important than family, except power. Besides, there's no point arguing over what we don't have. Black Dow's the one who wears my father's chain. Black Dow's the one we need to worry on. Black Dow's nothing but a one-eared thug, a thug with all the north under his boot and its mightiest war chiefs taking his say-so. Mighty war chiefs, she snorted in his face. Dwarves with big men's names. Broad tenways. That rotten old maggot. Even the thought of him makes me sick. Cam Ironhead. I hear he has a tiny little prick. That's why he frowns all the time. Glamour Golden. Even tinier, like a baby's finger. And you have allies. I do. You know you do. My father likes you. Calder screwed up his face. Your father doesn't hate me, but I doubt he'll be leaping up to cut the rope if they hang me. He's an honourable man. Of course he is. Call Ricci's a real straight edge. Everyone knows it. For what that was worth. But you and I were promised when I was the son of the King of the Northmen and the world was all different. He was getting a prince for a son-in-law, not just a well-known coward. She patted his cheek, hard enough to make a gentle slapping sound. A beautiful coward? Beautiful men are even less well-liked in the North than cowardly ones. I'm not sure your father's happy with the way my luck's turned. Shit on your luck. She took a fistful of his shirt and dragged him closer, much stronger than she looked. I wouldn't change a thing. Neither would I. I'm just saying your father might. And I'm saying you're wrong. She caught his hand in hers and pressed it against her bulging stomach again. Your family. Family. He didn't bother saying that family could be as much a weakness as a strength. So we have your honourable father and my pinhead brother. The North is ours. It will be. I know it. She was swaying backwards slowly, leading him away from the window and towards the bed. Dow may be the man for war, but wars don't last forever. You're better than him few would agree, but it was nice to hear it, especially whispered in his ear in that soft, low, urgent voice. You're cleverer than him, her cheek brushing his jaw. Far cleverer, her nose nuzzling his chin. The cleverest man in the North. By the dead, how he loved flattery. Go on. You're certainly better looking than him squeezing his hand and sliding it down her belly. The most handsome man in the North. He licked her lips with the tip of his tongue. If the most beautiful ruled, you'd be queen of the Northmen already. Her fingers were busy with his belt. You always know just what to say, don't you, Prince Calder? There was a thumping at the door, and he froze the blood suddenly pounding in his head and very much not in his cock. Nothing like the threat of sudden death for killing a romantic mood. The thumping came again, making the heavy door rattle.
They broke apart, flushed and fussing with their clothes. More like a pair of child lovers caught by their parents than a man and woman five years married. So much for his dreams of being king, he didn't even command the lock on his own door. The damn bolt's on your side, isn't it? he snapped. Metal scraped and the door creaked open. A man stood in the archway, shaggy head almost touching the keystone. The ruined side of his face was turned forwards, a massive scar running from near the corner of his mouth, through his eyebrow and across his forehead, the dead metal ball in his blind socket glinting. If any trace of romance had been lingering in the corners or in Calder's trousers, that eye and that scar were its grisly end. He felt Seth stiffen, and, since she was a long stretch braver than he was, her fear did nothing for his own.